All yours, Christina. Okay. Thank you for coming. We are School for a Course in Miracles, and we welcome you, every everyone present now. Thank you for coming. It's uh, October 29th, ooh, right before the spooky, and uh, we were just having a good conversation about time craziness. <laughs> um, ego insanity, there you have it, of a different time. So I want to give gratitude, first of all, for everybody, again, for showing up, because, you know, we can't have class without y'all, and um, that you heard that call, and I want to thank Tim and Lynn for creating this forum for us, the due diligence that you do to keep it going, it's uh -huh. phenomenal, I know it's a lot of... Uh, takes a lot um and i want to thank helen and bill too for recognizing that there must be a different way or asking the question there must be a different way and, and providing their willingness and then gratitude to all of you for your little willingness and and that we work we're doing this together that is great and i've learned so much here, all the little loose ends that we've had, um, reading this uh, and seeing things in this new light. Um, this week we were talking about sparks and shinings and songs and um, various things, and um, I've been listening in too. So it's just amazing to me um, how I can be like <laughs> we heard this talking about roller coasters and. I too, I was just on this crazy roller coaster chain of happenings and it was so busy. And then to tune into class to find out, you know, a lot of people are also on this same thing, getting up at two or three in the morning and thinking about stuff that has happened. Um, and we truly are doing this together, it's, you know, on this journey uh, without distance together. Today we're finishing up chapter 10 and uh, we use the foundation for inner peace, um, Course in Miracles, and it's on um, section five, the denial of God. So it's on page 189, but I thought that I would start, um, go back to the introduction to this section and just read a little bit from that beginning Part as you know, as we launched into this uh, chapter and now we conclude it. So I thought I would jump back and then bring us forward. And before I begin, does anybody have anything to share right now at this point that they would like? Right. Okay. I invite you all to just get comfortable and I'm going to read part of the first paragraph. And chapter 10 is the idols of sickness. And this is the introduction. And we are on page 181. Nothing beyond yourself can make you fearful or fearful or loving because nothing is beyond you. 
time and eternity are both in your mind and will conflict until you perceive time solely as a means to regain eternity. You cannot do this as long as you believe that anything happening to you is caused by factors outside yourself. You must learn that time is solely at your disposal and that nothing in the world can take this responsibility from you. You can violate God's laws in your imagination, but you cannot escape from them. They were established for your protection and are as inviolate as your safety. God created nothing beside you, and nothing beside you exists, for you are part of him. Well, let's just take a moment and think. What except him can exist? Nothing beyond him can happen, because nothing except him is real. Let's talk about that for a moment. Okay, come on, back when you're ready. Oh, I said we're going to wrap up this. Um, I'm just going to cap this up a little bit as a reminder Um, in this introduction. Yourself and who we're talking about here is the decision maker. I, I like my charts too. It's like, you know, DM up here. That's the decision maker. It's this, you, it's always about the decision maker. It's like, I myself want to slip into this, Christina. Oh, but that's not really who it's addressing here. And um, the first thing that we talked about is at home in God. We are dreaming of exile, some statements, you know, that are, I, I just, they just pop up for me through all this time um, that's of studying this. The second one was the decision to forget because your, our fear, you know, fear is like the root of it all. And it's merely because we've forgotten And then the third chapter was introduced was the God of Sickness. And um, like, Jim, thank you. You did a, a, a wonderful 
facilitation there a couple weeks ago about this. And of course, all of us use different forms of sickness for our idolatry that keeps us here. And then last week, we talked about the end of sickness. And so we learned of that, that it's just the magic. And I think the, the, the biggest thing I've got out of this was this, the choice. We're back to the decision maker. Well, it wraps up. And it's still about that we have to choose. And it's just take a little willingness. It's not anything that we have to do beyond that. It's just make that choice. And now here we are being reminded again about our oneness and um, reviewing and getting into the denial of God. And I don't really want to bring in any much more material because as we were saying, it's just like, okay, it's another thousand word essay on kind of the same thing that was said in the beginning of the, of the book, you um, know, I think I marked the spot. I just wanted to say, re remind us, you know, at the very beginning, at the introduction of the course, oh, it says, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Oh, it just echoed in the introduction to chapter 10. And we bring it forward now. And so we're just going to jump in and read this together. And I think I have highlighted one, but my clear, my clear direction in this is thus, let's just read it together. And um, hopefully we can read through the whole thing because believe it or not, um, I, I think I may have been missing this one for the number of years that I've been studying it. So um, let's begin. I'm going to just call on people. Is there any... Uh, I'll just pause for a moment and say, is there any other comments right now? Okay, very good. So I'll I'll start. Um, just borrow a method that others have been using now. Just start at the block and how you appear on the screen. So Susie's up for me first. Susie, would you read paragraph one and comment on it if you'd like? All right, that's on 189, Christina. That's on page 189, chapter, uh, section yep. five. Okay, thank you. Section five, the denial of God, page 189, chapter 10. Thank you. Okay, got it. Yeah, thank you. The rituals of the God of sickness are strange and very demanding. Joy is never permitted, for depression is the sign of allegiance to him. Depression means that you have forsworn God. Many are afraid of blasphemy, but they do not understand what it means. They do not realize that to deny God is to deny their own identity. And in this sense, the wages of sin is death. The sense is very literal. Denial of life perceives its opposite 
has all forms of denial replace what is with what is not. <laughs> For all forms of denial replace what is with what is not. No one can really do this, but that you can think you can and believe you have is beyond dispute. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of without comment, just thinking I got a lot to learn here, but, um, you know, he put, he states it so clearly for us. And as you've mentioned a few times already, Christina, just kind of requires a little willingness to accept this truth, right? And, um, you know, uh, can't do it without Jesus, that's for sure. Can't do it without taking the hand of Jesus, that's for sure. But he's there, so there's there's the good news. Thanks, Christina. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said, that's what I'm saying, Christina. I was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what Jesus says. Holy Spirit says, hey, I want to stay here. I'm believing I'm here. But it does echo the first paragraph that we just read in the intro. and saying nothing is beyond you, you know, to realize that. My first chart here on this side is more representation of that. This is what helped me understand it. It it, it kind of modeled off of Ken's in, in a sense, because heaven is all around us. And here we are with this. This is just the decision maker inside here, you know, within me, with the tiny mad idea of thinking I'm here, but, and um, going in this little tiny world. But, you know, I'm still inside. Yes. Is Ken, uh, Tim is on here. Yeah, Tim, give us this word that you um, had as part of our email blasphemy. And I have never looked at it in this sense before. I, I am from a Christian background as well. And blasphemy, of course, is, is not in the same term as I'm getting it from here. And... But stepping a, a stepping back from that, I, I still I, I'm still the whole concept or the context of that bit is the fear, and so I don't have to try to figure out what you know blasphemy is. I can just understand that it's the fear behind that. It's never anything about the doing. Is there any other comments? Well, was one of the ways to look at one of the ways to look at blasphemy is uh, is the denial of God is, is in a sense we attack God, we disrespect God. Like don't dis whatever you do, don't res disrespect God because He's going to come after you. I mean that's where the fear comes from. Like I think one of the biggest sins, certainly for the last two thousand years, that the churches um, look at as a sin is this idea of dishonoring God. It's basically violating the first two commandments. Uh, place no other gods before me. 
you know, I, I attack God by putting another God before myself. So the, the bad news is we really believe we did that. The good news is it was just a mistake and we can't blaspheme. Blaspheme is a huge theme throughout this whole section. And, and he uses the word, I don't know, a half dozen times at least. So even all the way to the end of it. So mm -hmm. just to even get sort of an intellectual understanding of, of blaspheming and then just under the surface, how we all think we, we're actually doing that every second that we're identifying as a separated self, as a body. I mean, basically it's just this continuous act of the tiny mad idea, the tiny mad idea that I could even blaspheme God, that I could disrespect God, that I could dishonor God. <clears throat> But every judgment we make screams that. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what judgments are. <laughs> so we're blaspheming not just the other guy that we're pointing the finger at. We're blaspheming God. We're blaspheming our, ourselves, really. That's that's the real crux, I think. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, Tim. Thank you. Yeah, it it shows us where uh, where our guilt is because we're not following the rules here. Rose, go ahead. Yeah, thanks. I was just going to um, kind of echo what Tim was saying is it seems like, you know, from the, the ego's perspective, anything that we do or don't do is is treading on the, the turf of blasphemy and and it's a big deal and ooga booga, you know, look out now, kind of fitting the Halloween thing. You know? and, and, but from the Holy Spirit's perspective, it's like, God, is you think God's worried about what we're doing or not doing in the world? Yeah. Probably not, <laughs> but but the only the only thing that you know it, the course reminds us is, is that the the needless suffering that we have by making the ego's god the little e little little g <laughs> the big deal is then then you know we're always walking on eggshells because we think that everything that we do or don't do is some kind of a blasphemous thing, and and yet the only real you know, problem is that we chose the ego and that's not even a real problem. I was also thinking about in that, the first couple of sentences in this section, you know, I was kind of in a Halloween frame of mind, I guess. And I was thinking if you get Boris Karloff or Vincent Price to read that, it might be something like the rituals of the God of sickness are strange and very demanding. Joy is never permitted for depression is the sign of allegiance to him. You know, I was like, <clears throat> there's, there's no joy in the ego's thought system. There's no fun. There's no there's no serenity. It's always like trembling in your boots, right? Anyway, but I think I think the Holy Spirit lampoons the ego's seriousness at every turn if you're looking for it. Thanks. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You know, like I mean, we 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 tolerate a lot and tolerate we 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 buy a lot of really horrible images to wear on Halloween. But if you wear a T-shirt that said "I blaspheme God." You would never get any candy. <laughs> People would close the door in your face. <laughs> I blaspheme. <laughs> That's good. Okay, Jim, you get paragraph two and try to try to read it in your best Boris Karloff joke voice. <laughs> or Frankenstein or some kind of ghoul with the Halloween theme. Your best Halloween voice. <laughs> we, we can't hear you. 
I'll mute myself. Okay. There we go. Do not forget, however, that to deny God will inevitably result in projection, and you will believe that others and not yourself have done this to you. You must receive the message you give because it is the message you want. You may believe that you judge your brothers by the messages they give you, but you have judged them by the message you give to them. Do not attribute your denial of joy to them, or you cannot see the spark in them that would bring joy to you. It is the denial of the spark that brings depression. For whenever you see your brothers without it, you are denying God. You know, the thing that comes up to me, the whole goal of the course may be stated another way is the reduction of fear. Mm-hmm. And I think that's in the, the development of trust. I think it goes into that. That's, you know, like th- that, that that's what atonement is, is, is the lowering of fear because our fear is so high. So. That's what comes to me. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, just I remembering. I, I was just remembering that probably one of the the most fun classes I ever did was at the Rocky Mountain Miracle Center at Halloween, and I took out of the course all the Halloween references: murder, killing, death blood <laughs> i mean there's a lot of really good good stuff in there and at its best that's what halloween does it takes all these images of horror and says oh we're just pretending i mean that's what you know from holy spirit's point of view that's pretty good <laughs> well it's just pretending we're pretending we're monsters we're pretending we're vampires we're pretending we're killers but it's just we're pretending that's all yeah that's good <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Anybody else? Well, what I took from this paragraph was um, connected to me with the responsibility for sight. And I choked on that, you know, so many times. And there is no way in heck that it's me here doing this. (laughs) I am definitely the victim here. one of my favorites is I do have this one. It's um chapter 21 and in section two, paragraph two, it is in the responsibility for sight that it, I had it posted for many years. I'm responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. <laughs> as I said, I just no way was I going to accept that one. No, 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 no. I'm going to hang on to my story. And, you know, they're digging me. They put me under. Um, um, I think and it was at the same time, too, that I did wrote in the article about the costumes and who are you going to. You're, that you're putting on these costumes and who are you going to be for Halloween? Yeah. 
that's what was speaking to me. And it has taken a long time. I, as I say, we were listening, I was listening to some of the other classes this week and realizing that some of the things that we've had to revisit several times and they do pop up and they seem to come around in our little circle here, round and round um, until, you know, little by little with this possibility that, you know, perhaps, okay, perhaps I may have said something that contributed it. Perhaps I am not thinking correctly about that. Uh, perhaps I misheard. And then um, it comes to, oh, yeah, I I did that. Oh, that, that was me. And then here's this heavy guilt we were just talking about. And that we think that we need to then forgive them and we forgive ourselves, but in terms of the world. So now we start on the way we're being experiencing our forgiveness here. When you uh, when you read that opening intro, and especially paragraph one, he says, you must learn that time is solely at your disposal and nothing in the world can take this responsibility from you. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you, you, you weren't supposed to tell us that until 10 chapters later in that section you just read. Why are you telling us that now? This is early on. Give us a break, for God's sake. <laughs> well, I just think he said that, right? You know, it's we're told that right away in the very beginning. <laughs> it's just some different, uh, different words. So that's why I had to chuckle and say, okay, here's another thousand word you know, essay on the same thing you said right from the beginning. And uh, I know there's a lot of other um people out here, including myself, we love words, you know, love writing words and saying words and reading words. Yeah. And um we like to use words to confuse ourselves as well. But yeah, I mean it's presented right away. It's just um as the course says, you know, all all of these are just lessons presented once again, so that we may we might now take a look at it, and that with this little willingness, we 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 just learn and we learn. Um, also, with also, the last I'm, sentence, I was or, thinking the best Halloween costume of of all is the one we're wearing right now. <laughs> look at all the yeah. time we devoted yeah. to this <laughs> yeah. energy, the pruning. The, the, yeah. The exercising, the eating, the <laughs> best costume ever. <laughs> the one I'm wearing right now. Yeah. Hairstyles. Um, I know I made fun. Um, like I think it was last Halloween where we were, you know, I put a beard on because it seemed like everybody was playing around with beards that day. And so I put a beard on to see how long it would take for somebody to recognize that I was wearing, you know, beard mustache. Um just little things yeah and uh, nobody okay. said, it, it, nobody said anything nobody said anything <laughs> nobody noticed really i think maybe you did towards the end yeah um and you know that that kind of stuff is okay to do as long as you're not doing it for identity you know it could just be something fun you're doing you know a fun activity and uh, you're doing it with Holy Spirit, or you're doing it with a friend. Uh, so you love. I knew about a couple who um, the uh, husband just colored her hair, 
And um, they had lots of fun doing it. I thought <laughs> it's hilarious, you know, that they would do something like that together. I mean, I was just like, wow. And uh, yeah, it was just a fun activity, something to do together. I'm like, okay, you know. Okay, now I was tuning in to um, sentence five, then it is the denial of the spark that brings depression. Or whenever you see your brothers without it, you are denying God. So it's this, we were talking about the spark. That's what I was thinking. We were listening to this recently this week. This has come up several times, the spark and the shining. And that leads to depression. And a lot of people... They're seemingly depressed, but they're just sad. What is the sadness within the reflection of ourselves that we think that we're still separate? Anybody else have anything on this paragraph? Okay, let's go on to three then. Lorraine, you're up next on my screen. You're the next Hollywood Square. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Allegiance to the denial of God is the ego's religion. The God of sickness obviously demands the denial of health because health is in direct opposition to its own survival. But consider what this means to you. Unless you are sick, you cannot keep the gods you made for only in sickness could you possibly want them Blasphemy, then, is self-destructive, not God-destructive. It means that you are willing not to know yourself in order to be sick. This is the offering your God demands because having him out of your insanity, he is an insane idea. He has many forms, but although he may seem to be many different things, he is but one idea the denial of God. Yeah, that's a, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, just it's what just came up for me was all the different forms of distraction from what what the course is telling us of the truth of what we are. So, you know, sickness and this distraction and that put that distraction, it just keeps us from remembering what we are. So we get all distracted with all this external stuff instead of remembering by looking in. So, and sickness is a big one because we relate so much to the body that it's very powerful when we forget who we are and we believe we distract ourselves with sickness. So, um, yeah, so it's a tricky one because I, I had, uh, I had gotten COVID when I was traveling and, um, it was very mild, but, I have like a residual like dizziness and a little bit of a headache. So I kind of notice, you know, when I keep on like, oh my gosh, you know, go into that fear mode versus, okay, you know, let that pass. I don't have to pay attention to that versus, you know, really putting 
all my energy there. And um, yeah, that for at the the first uh, sentence in the first paragraph, the rituals of the god of sickness are strange. And I was like, what does that mean? But what I'm thinking it means is, you know, when we're sick, when we believe we're sick, everything that we do, you know, I have to take this medicine or we have to get this surgery or to take care of the body, all these things that are just um, making us believe we're the body and forgetting our truth. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Lorraine. That stands. I was just thinking about, about sickness and like, uh, so, you know, obviously we're, we think immediately it's hard not to think you're a body and not think of sickness as something less than being healthy, whatever it is. We don't always call it sick, but we're not, we're unhealthy. We're not as good as we could be. Well, from Jesus's point of view, what's not as good as we can be? If we don't think, no, we're the son of God and we think we're anything less than that, <laughs> that's pretty sick to him. I mean, that's what's sick. Sick isn't, believe, isn't when my body gets sick. Sick is believing I'm a body. From his point of view, it's less than being whole. It's less than being connected. It's less than, I mean, we, we even use it like, uh, you know, in our culture, in our, in, our, in, our, in our everyday life, if somebody's unhealthy, like they're not as healthy as they could be. Well, I'm not as healthy as I could be if I'm not identifying as God's son. <laughs> I mean, that's the way Jesus kind of sees it. Yeah. yeah. Insanity. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. Hi, Bruce. Go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking, listening to Tim, I was thinking, and not only that, did we you know, forget that identifying with the body is what's sick. Our language, we, we keep flipping things around all the time. So now when you do in the vernacular, the youth culture, I suppose, but, but we're maybe not more than that is now if you say something is good it's like well that's really sick <laughs> go figure huh yeah i think the word nice originally meant you know sort of mentally not all there kind of thing and then over the over time it it got turned around to where now it was you know positive rather than some sort of like a veiled insult or something but yeah. but you know that's the way ego works as long as it can divide and separate and keep keep distance going in our mind that's that's the sickness yeah Keep the separation yep. happening. Thanks. Any any means by which it can deceive, you know, and uh, win you over and help you and make you think you believe and side with it, you know, and and that's like accepting, accepting it, like it's okay when when it's not. Um, good, that's good. Thanks, Bruce. Any, any, anybody else? Okay. Um, Myra, could you read paragraph four? Thanks, Christina. I will. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Sickness and death seemed to enter the mind of God's son against his will. The attack on God made his son think he was fatherless and out of his depression, he made the God of depression. <laughs> mm -hmm. This was his alternative to joy. Bad mistake, huh? Because he would not accept the fact that although he was a creator, 
he had been created. Yet the son is helpless without the father, who alone is his help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really very straightforward there, how we have really, um, how do you say that? made ourselves crazy crazy decisions we created depressions so we could be depressed um well actually i'd like to go back to what you mentioned just before christina i'm going to look it up even chapter 21 the responsibility for sight so because that's the answer mm -hmm. that's the ticket out <laughs> That's that's really what Jesus wants us to learn because we have to read paragraph two from the beginning because this is the most loving section in the whole course. Mm. This is the only thing that you need to do for vision. Mm -hmm. Take responsibility for vision, for happiness. Wow, we're going to take responsibility now for happiness, for the release from pain. We can be responsible for the release from pain and the complete escape from all sin when we take responsibility. Wow, all to be given to ourselves by ourselves, correcting the mistake that we ourselves had made to create depression and sickness. Wow, so say this, but really mean it, he says. Mean it, please mean it. I am responsible. Who is responsible? The decision maker. He's only talking to the mind. If you think he's talking to you as a, as a dream figure, then you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Then you're in trouble because then you're going to feel very guilty. If you let the ego get a hold of this, I am responsible. Wow, watch out. But that's not what it's about because Jesus says, hey, this is what I want you to learn. This is so beautiful. I'm telling you, this is the way out of your dream. You have to get off the battlefield. You have to take responsibility as a decision maker and be up there above the battleground as a decision maker. And then seeing all the things that have been decided on the level of the mind. And then you go back to what we just read, that sickness and death seem to enter the mind of God's son. Well, it seemed to happen, but now we know that we are very powerful decision makers when we can make a different decision and we can decide for the truth and an attack on God, or we can decide now to really see through the vision of Christ that that never happened. It never happened. No. And we have never been fatherless. That was um, a pretty big lie from the ego. So we don't have to believe that at all. And we, de we decided to make an alternative to joy. Well, not anymore because we are responsible now. We take responsibility for our decisions on the level of the mind. And that changes everything, absolutely everything. Because he says, the son is helpless without the father. So we just choose to be by our temporary father, the Holy Spirit. Hey. Yeah. 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 He, uh, I was reading this morning with some other people, the, uh, the changeless dwelling place. It's so beautiful. It's a love letter, letter from Jesus. If you don't know the changeless dwelling place, you should read it really. It's so beautiful that he says, there's that place in you where there's, where there is rest and peace. There's that place in you where you can, uh, hear the song of eternity. And we were joking around this morning, say, okay, well, we're going to go move into the changeless dwelling place. We take our toothbrush and we're going to move in. Holy Spirit, move over. We're coming. 
And that's just a joke because, of course, in the mind, the level of the mind, there's no form, absolutely no form at all. So there's no, no toothbrushes, no mirrors, no bodies, no people, no nothing. But a decision maker who has now become conscious and says, I am responsible and I accept my responsibility. Thank you, Jesus. This is the ticket home. I'm going to stay now in the right mind. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you for expanding that. I'm hoping to see that. The line that jumped out at me is, uh, and I really don't think I wrestle with this, but he's saying, if I'm not feeling joy right now, the problem is I don't think God created me. Really? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I mean, that, that line, whatever it is, uh, line three, my alternative to joy, because I would not accept the fact that God created me. Mm -hmm. Really? <laughs> yep. I didn't think I had a problem with that. Guess I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I connected with that too. I've got written in the side of um, my book that I, I usurped God, or I seem like I believe I usurped him. That's the only way that this could possibly have come about. And my belief, that's a powerful thing. Any, anybody else? Okay, we're on to five. Audrey, would you read five, paragraph five? With pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. I said before that of yourself, you can do nothing, but you are not of yourself. If you were, what you have made would be true and you could never escape shudder it is because you did not make yourself that you need to be that you need be troubled over nothing your gods are nothing because your father did not create them you cannot make creators who are unlike your creator any more than he could have created a son who was unlike him if creation is sharing it cannot create what is unlike itself it can only share what it is depression is isolation and so it could not have been created. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly, it's it's kind of just saying the same thing again. Just another lovely reminder of that remember who you are remember who you are okay chris jansen could you go on to six yes paragraph six son of god you have not sinned but you have been much mistaken yet this can be corrected and God will help you, knowing that you could not sin against him. You denied him because you loved him, knowing that if you recognized your love for him, you could not deny him. Your denial of him, therefore, means that you love him and that you know he loves you. Remember that what you deny, you must have once known. And if you accept denial, you can ex you can 
except its undoing. Yeah, when I first read this, well, I read it this morning, not the first time, but um, it that really threw me, your denial of him. You love him because uh, you denied him because you loved him. That one, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, really? <laughs> uh, please read on, Chris, because uh, well, I am going to explain this. But then I got to thinking about kind of, uh, you know, remember that you did not, uh, that what you deny, you must have once known. And if you accept denial, you can accept its undoing. So it's, he's telling us we, we love God, we deny God, but we can undo that and accept its undoing. It was just a, a whatever you want to call it, just at, at first reading it, it's like, I think he made a mistake when he was writing this, you know, uh, you think of things you love, people you love, or things you love, and um, it, I don't deny them, but also... When you, uh, the line I really liked, remember that what you deny, you must have once known. You can't deny something you don't know. You know, it, um, you don't know it's there, but what you don't know, you don't know, you know, <laughs> well, that was a big saying not too long ago, I think in, in the political realm, but, um, so just my denial of that love means I can undo the denial, um, which is comforting to say the least. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Anyone, any anyone else have a comment? Well, the, like the way we play that out in form when we become teenagers ourselves, teenagers from hell, right? So. I mean, we we love our parents, and yet we have to like do all kinds of not so subtle ways to deny that they're keeping me trapped by their love, <laughs> and, and we act out like crazy. I mean, that's what we did when we left heaven. <laughs> I feel trapped by God's love, really. <laughs> so now I got to break out. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to be a brat, <laughs> and I'm going to be good at it. <laughs> okay. And I'll pretend I'm being nice while I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I was thinking, you know, like at one point, would I have taken any other parents for my parents? You know, they always, the new age line is you get to choose your parents. And I got to thinking about that. I was like, no, I don't like your parents. And I don't like your parents. Mine are crazy, but I, I, I like my parents. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a part of me that really loved them. But at the same time, I felt like. Without even admitting it, I had to break away. Mm -hmm. Replaying the whole leaving heaven thing. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Replaying the whole whole scenario all, all over again. But the paragraph is reassuring. It's very reassuring. And I, at some point, somehow, somewhere, I must have read this because I really like that first sentence. And, and it speaks directly to you acknowledging you son of god you have not sinned but you have been very mistaken and it's so soft and gentle but it's direct to you it's just like what yeah 
And um, I never really realized the line either, Chris, until you pointed that out. Remember that what you deny, you must have once known. And um, yeah, we, and we all speak about this and feel that we're, you know, we've been here and we're, we seemed called somehow. And that sentence like speaks to that, that, that that's what we've known, you know, and our, our desire to get back to it. That's that, that place um, Myra was referring to a little bit earlier. Okay, um, on to seven. Oh, Bruce, you got another comment? Okay. Yeah, I, I was just thinking what you, Christina, oh, said and what you're what... mute. Am I muted? Yeah. No? No? Okay, there okay. you are. Now okay. I can hear you. Um, I was just thinking what you said, Christina, what Chris just said to, to me is like that paragraph is so loaded, and those two sections of that paragraph really grabbed me. And that first sentence, as you just pointed out, it's like so reassuring. And I mean, it's, it, but it's, it's simultaneously comforting and eye-opening, mm -hmm. you know, the comforting is like, well, we haven't sinned. Okay. Well, that's a pretty definitive statement, but you've been much mistaken. Yeah. We made up a whole cosmology <laughs> of space, time, individuality, bodies, planets, atoms, just to escape from unconscious, unfounded guilt. That's, that's a pretty big mistake. It's correctable, but it's a... <laughs> colossal mistake <laughs> yeah thanks yes thank you yeah thank you i think um danielle mentioned yesterday it's some of this can be very humbling um when you think about you know what we made and i would consider that song how great thou art and but turn it around from the perspective of okay if i can create this and just kind of imagine if you can step beyond, you know, what I truly am. I mean, I could not even know. And it speaks about that. And of course, you cannot even grasp who and what you truly are. And, you know, how benevolent we are because, you know, the spirit spirit is. Lorraine. Yeah, is thank you. Lorraine. Lorraine, Lorraine you want to? Okay. Thank you. Ahead, Thank you. Yeah, what was coming to me was what was popping out was if I haven't sinned, then I'm not guilty. So the idea of guilt related to this and how if I'm not guilty, that I don't have to deny anything because usually we're denying some kind of guilt. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> Thank not you. me. Not me. <laughs> so I'll remember the little not me. Right. Okay. Uh, paragraph seven. We are on Betsy. Could you read paragraph seven, Betsy? Yes, thank you. Your father has not denied you. He does not retaliate, but he does call to you to return. When you think he has not answered your call, you have not answered his. He calls to you from every part of the sonship because of his love for his son. If you hear his message, he has answered you. And you will learn of him if you hear aright. The love of God is in everything he created for his son is everywhere. 
Look with peace upon your brothers, and God will come rushing into your heart in gratitude for your gift to him. That's such a, a relief, isn't it? That's so beautiful. And, and sometimes I get a little scared uh, or nervous when it says, when you think he has not answered, you have not answered his. And I think, oh my gosh, I'm not doing something right. It's my fault. Um, and then at some point I, I eventually relax and, and think, you know, if you hear his message, he has answered you. And, and I think about the, these classes or, um, you know, sometimes even looking outside, like the moon this week was just beautiful. And, and even those moments of, of just being at peace and admiring, you know, how lovely things are, you know, that, that God's son is, is everywhere. And so when I'm looking correctly, I see him everywhere. And that's, that's quite lovely. Thanks. So it is quite lovely. And then, any any other comment? Thank you, Betsy. I like it. I like it. Well, this is one of the places where he, he talks about like a flash healing, like suddenly this this total awareness that we're all okay comes rushing in to your heart. It reminds me of Sally's experience with the the homeless lady and her baby and. Um, mm, yes. The other night, uh, Carol was talking about she she was going to pick up a ran down the steps to pick up a pizza and she was ready to jump all over the kid because he made her come down the steps. <laughs> and suddenly she asked Jesus for help, and then there was this huge rush of overwhelming love for the kid. But I mean, it's it's kind of like that's the way it comes on. It's like somebody turns on the the gigantic. 5,000 watt bulb out of nowhere. It's seemingly out of nowhere, but it's usually because we ask for help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it's very gentle as well. It doesn't get a big wow. I remember one, one instance when I um, was, I went to a dwelling and I did let a lot go. And for some reason, I was laying down at the edge of this um, meadow and I was just laying there looking up at things and all of a sudden I started to like chuckle you know and I could just feel like something right like right here and I called it a, like a tickle spot you know so at the time I was believing in chakras and things and so I thought well oh, spot open it's a tickle spot and it just it just came as little giggles out of nowhere seemingly but it was I was just laying there kind of chuckling about things yeah, it doesn't have to be anything like whoosh. Um, just very simple like that. Like you'll see a cat playing. A lot of us have cats or, or pets, and it's kind of like that too, I think, and where it comes in this this gentleness. Hmm. Or it can be, you know, after I struggled after that the responsibility for what I'd done, and I'm like, oh man, oh that was me. <laughs> that was another example.
but it can be overwhelming. I, I can was tough. You know, the sentence that comes rushing into your heart in gratitude. But uh, I remember early on feeling the overwhelm love and it, I, I couldn't take it. And it brought me to tears and I had to shut it down. And um, before I could recognize that, that I was doing the unworthiness, you know, and that was the unworthiness lessons that I'd been working on. But before I could put my finger on that, it was, I was shutting it out and feeling that and being brought to tears because of the unworthiness that I felt within it. Wow. So it took a little while to do that too. So um, we were this week talking about the roller coasters. Yeah. So big roller coasters come screeching out. We uh we think oh, the roller good. coaster is a rush. <laughs> no, the roller coaster is roller coaster into hell. <laughs> yeah. We got our rushes mixed up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we use all kinds of things in this world to help us through on the journey. Um, roller coaster works for me. Um, Does this mean that Russians else? are Russians are from hell? If you're a Russian. I'll be quiet. Was it, wasn't there a movie? <laughs> they, kept, they kept saying the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's go on to paragraph eight. I see Piggy Lee. Would you, would you read that for us, Piggy Lee? Paragraph eight. Yeah. Thank you. Do not look to the God of sickness for healing, but only to the God of love, for healing is the acknowledgement of him. When you acknowledge him, you will know that he has never ceased to acknowledge you, and that in his acknowledgement of you lies your being. You are not sick and you cannot die but you can confuse yourself with things that do. Remember though, that to do this is blasphemy, for it means that you are looking without love on God and his creation from which he cannot be separated. Yeah, uh, what stands out to me and I wrote down, you are not sick and you cannot die, but you can confuse yourself with things that do. So um, I know personally, I really do get confused with appearing things that die all the time, or even just belief systems that we create as idols of worship, or like I had written down, <clears throat> my gods are nothing, because my father didn't create them. So my gods are things like depression, self-importance, self-pity, pride. And these are like the blasphemies that I create to keep myself from the love of God. So, yeah, this is yeah. a good conversation. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Just add it to it. Because I was doing okay until that word blasphemy came again. But um, you 
you know, it's just brought it all back down perspective. Thank you, Peggy Lee. Tim, you have a comment? Oh, okay. <laughs> I usually do. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce Rawls. Oh, I keep playing with words again. I, I was thinking of the blasphemy. It's, it's really like a blast to me, through me. You know, oh. I'm, I'm blasting the alleged <laughs> others. I'm blasting my creator, and, and I'm really just blasting myself. So it's it's a blast to me and through me. I like that. Thanks. And, and we think we use the word blast is like, oh, this is I'm having a blast. Well, like like everything else, we got things backwards, like Tim was saying. <laughs> Thanks. And upside down. All right. Well, we're on to Tim then. Oh, sorry, night. Night. We're on night. Um, Daniela. Hello. Yes, Tim, you said nine. Yeah, we're actually on nine. Nine. Okay. Only the eternal can be loved, for love does not die. What is of God is forever, and you are of God. Would he allow himself to suffer? And would he offer his son anything that is not acceptable to him? If you will accept yourself as God created you, you will be incapable of suffering. Yet, to do this, you must acknowledge him as your creator. This is not because you will be punished otherwise. It is merely because your acknowledgement of your father is the acknowledgement of yourself as you are. Your father created you holy without sin, holy without pain, and holy without suffering of any kind. If you deny him, you bring sin, pain, and suffering into your own mind because of the power he gave it. Your mind is capable of creating worlds, but it can also deny what it creates because it is free. I think this is talking to our responsibility, to our, I mean, it's pointing back to us. I really don't know. I mean, I don't, but I don't know. I don't know how to articulate what I, what I, um, right now, I don't have the words, but thank you for letting me read. Thank you, Danielle. Chris Jansen. Well, this is a paragraph. Um, I often say I wish this was in there. I wish that was in there. I'm, I'm usually being facetious because I, I think probably Jesus knows what he's doing. But um, when I first heard in this group about, uh, in my mind, you know, because it's so easy, I think, in this paragraph to think um, you'll never, your body will never be sick. Your body will never die. It, or just relating it in some way to your body or to uh, the environment. So I, I'm when I read this, I really make sure um, that I'm realizing this 
he's talking about in our mind, in our decision-making mind, but but not anything to do with with the body or the world or everything um, um, below our our true selves. And to me, it's just real. You know, I just automatically think, well, this headache's going to go away. This, you know, sufferings bodily suffering is going to go away. War is going to go away if everybody would just um, think right. And, and as opposed to realizing this, we already are, are um, heaven already exists. Heaven is real. That's eternal. And it, it, it's, it's goes back to the beginning of the, well, it talks about eternity here. Those are the things that are, that are eternal are real. Um, and it's just partly my pessimistic nature to think, you know, that I know better that, that really, uh, it's easy to get off track. I think it's, and it's really easy just immediately start thinking for me anyway. And I think for a lot of people probably that this goes back to that parking plate, parking place conversation we've had a lot. Oh, I am going to thank God. I'm going to start getting those parking places I want or, uh, you know, or the lions are going to win the super bowl. It's how crazy some stuff can get. Thank you. Yep. Yep. It's no different on our journey than Helen's green pantyhose, you know, that she needed and <laughs> went all over to get um I just realized Jesus broke the rules. He's going to course hell. You don't create worlds. <laughs> it, you, oh. you make up worlds. Yeah. He could have said making up worlds. It would have been the same meter. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he had to misuse that word create, mess us all up. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, that sentence, if the if the M on mine would have been capitalized, it would have been correct. <laughs> oh well. I think the paragraph is just repeating and reiterating what we were really saying. And it really depends upon our willingness, you know, and then we're going to accept who we actually are. We're going to be rising above this and you can experience the shift, but it will definitely be in your mind and mind with the M because that's all it really is, you know, and um, thank you, Chris, for pointing that out too. So I, We'll go back to the first paragraph here on four, where we were talking about how we even got here, is that we have to believe that we usurped God, okay? And so it's just another reminder, again, of who you really are, you know? And uh, once you do that, you really won't suffer in the body, might still be sick, but you won't suffer because in your mind, you, you won't have that attachment anymore. Okay, I thought I saw a hand, a um, couple hand. Audrey and Bruce, did you have your hand up too? Uh, I just wanted to, to comment on Tim's, you know, nothing so blinding as paying attention to the form of, of uh, words <laughs> in the course. <laughs> yes. I'm getting too hung up on, because I, I did the same thing that Tim did. It's like, oh, yeah, it should have been make, but, but whatever. <laughs> I think I can forgive the inconsistencies in the course's grammar. That's okay. I had a little dig to him too. <laughs> 
I like how we can banter. It's good. It's healthy. Uh, we have to laugh. Audrey, go ahead. Well, Ken makes a very strong point of saying, you know, don't, don't, don't go crazy about this. You, you know, it's, it's, it's extraordinary to me who spent many years proofreading federal grants, how few mistakes there are, if any, and, you know, maybe there was supposed to be a capital M, but you, you know, it's, it's just, oh my God, what a rabbit hole. Um, it's incredible how, how not, um, in error it mostly is i was reading some somebody was talking this morning about this thing about getting sick and you know the body and healing i before i found you guys i was i had joined this other group and the reason i left it was because they were very focused on healing bodies and it made me very uncomfortable because i i kept thinking you know what people had said a sick a healthy body is no less an illusion than a sick one and it it just felt it just felt too focused on form. And what I had read this morning was this this idea that um, Ken talked about this too that this course teacher died and people were like, how could she die? And you know, look at he's the writer this morning said, look at Jesus, look what he went through. You know, I mean, it it doesn't it doesn't matter. It says as as, as was just shared that it doesn't mean we're not going to get sick and die. It means we're not going to we're going to be fine regardless. Um, I, I think some people may heal as a result of whatever that process is and some may not. And, you know, but I haven't seen anyone yet who hasn't died. <laughs> it's just my experience. <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> You're right. That's right. Lorraine. Thank you. I think Lazarus was the closest that got to it. And then he had to die again. Can you imagine? I know. I know. <laughs> Double indemnity. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Lisa, what's your puppy's name? Forget. It's Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> Could he possibly be cuter? I think not. <laughs> He's very needy today. <laughs> Marshmallow. What's that a reflection of for us? Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think we're on 10, unless anybody has more comments. Yeah. Okay, I think we're on Vicki. Vicki, could you read 10 for us? Yes. You do not realize how much you have denied yourself and how much God in his love would not have it so. Yet he would not interfere with you because he would not know his son if he were not free. To interfere with you would be to attack himself and God is not insane. When you deny him, you are insane. Would you have him share your insanity? God will never cease to love his son, and his son will never cease to love him. That was the condition of his son's creation, fixed forever in the mind of God. To know that is sanity. To deny it is insanity. 
God gave himself to you and your creation, and his gifts are eternal. Would you deny yourself to him? Um, a, a few classes ago, or maybe I was just reading it recently, he calls us children of the of eternal love. And so I've been um, greeting some of my friends and family members that way. Hello, child of eternal love. And it, <laughs> it reminds me of God's eternalness. And, it, and we've talked about it before. If you just take like two minutes and just think what eternity could possibly be from whatever we can understand it, it is... Um, total harmlessness for eternal for eternity. It's just amazing. And in the paragraph that we just read, at the top of the first sentence um, in nine, only the eternal can be loved, for love does not die. And then it comes down here. I was thinking about this. Your father created you holy without sin, holy without pain, and holy without suffering of any kind. And I thought it was very clear here that he's not talking about our bodies. Because we've learned through the ego and, and the course that our bodies uh, are related to pain and suffering. And so it goes back to remembering that we are eternal. And, and that we're a mind, not a body. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank uh -huh. you. Mm -hmm. Again, just another, saying it the same way again. And it is reassuring. It's reassuring to us when we think we, we don't love and we're very depressed. Um, I thought sentence six was great. God will never cease to love his son and his son will never cease to love him. No, even though I'm not feeling loving that, that too is just not true. It's just not true. Love is. Any, any else? Anybody else? Yeah. Okay. Um... So we're on 11, and we had a lot of people just taking a break here. So kind of messes up my screen, you know, when they leave. When they leave. Okay, where did everybody go? What am I missing out on here? Okay. <laughs> okay, I think um, Bruce Rawls, 11, please. Sure. 11. Of course. Out of your gifts to him, the kingdom will be restored to his son. His son removed himself from, from his, his gift by refusing to accept what had been created for him and what he had created in the name of his father. Heaven waits for his return, for it was created as the dwelling place of God's son. You are not at home anywhere else or in any other condition. Do not deny yourself the joy that was created for you, for the misery you have made for yourself. God has given you the means for undoing what you have made. 
Listen, and you will learn how to remember what you are. Wow, this is such a powerful section, isn't it, Christina? I, I'm really, you know, getting a lot out of this. And like you say, it's like like I hadn't read it before, but I know I have a few times. But uh, I was reminded of um, having listened to Ken's commentary on Lesson 182 over and over again for better part of a year. And and the, the one thing that just really struck me that I think this paragraph echoes is, you know, the purpose of the course isn't to make us miserable. It's to point out how miserable we've made ourselves by choosing the, the crazy thought system of the ego and, and that we don't have to do that. We can systematically look at all of our projections, seeing how we projected guilt onto the world, including our own bodies and everyone else's. And yep, that didn't happen in truth. And then you know, we think we chose the thought system that was capable of projecting. And so, nope, that didn't happen either. It's okay. <laughs> I can forgive that too. And then uh, the only thing that's left is you know, the peace that is unchanging, that can't possibly uh, be found in any specific condition that we keep thinking, well, that, that, it's just the right circumstances, then, then I can make the world make me peaceful. Well, nah, not really. <laughs> not so much. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks. <laughs> That stands on its own. I from this this paragraph, and sometimes I can stop, and it's like I I'm listening to the actual voice talk to me. Sometimes I'm just reading the words, you know, and it's and like I'm here in the world. But sometimes, you know, when the read, I'm a step back, and I'm actually like Jesus is speaking to it to me, like really saying it. And so I tuned in to like listen, and you will learn how to remember what you are. Oh, it's not, it's so gentle. It's not, listen up now. Why don't you listen to me already? You know, let's just listen. You know, yeah. Lovely paragraph. I wonder uh, if, any comments on that? Well, I wonder if blasphemy is in the glossary. Probably not. I mean, it really changes it when you, when you think of blasphemy as, as dumb denial, silly mistake. Instead of this horrible, the worst sin possible, especially reading that next paragraph. If if I think of blasphemy as sin, which I tend to do, and not replace it with, well, that was dumb, <laughs> dumb denial of God. That was silly. Sil stupid is as stupid does. It was just yeah. a stupid, stupid mistake. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go ahead and read that paragraph for us? That'd be great. All right. Thank you. If God knows his children is wholly sinless, it is pretty stupid, <laughs> silly, <laughs> blasphemous to perceive him as guilty. If God knows his children is holy without pain, it is eh, maybe a mistake, blasphemous to perceive suffering anywhere. If God knows his children to be wholly joyous, it is blasphemous to feel depressed. <laughs> All of these illusions which makes it silly, and the many other forms that blasphemy, this silly mistake may take, are refusals simply to accept God's creation as it is. If God created his son perfect, that is how you must learn to see him, to learn of his reality. And as part of the sonship, that is how you must see yourself, to learn of yours. 
pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Just as is. No, nothing more to add. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, David Delaplane. Delaplane, sorry. Could you read paragraph 13, David? Yes, thank you. Do not perceive anything God did not create, or you are denying him. His is the only fatherhood, and it is yours only because he has given it to you. Your gifts to yourself are meaningless, but your gifts to your creation are like his because they are given in his name. That is why your creations are as real as his. <clears throat> Yet the real fatherhood must be acknowledged if the real son, uh, uh, if the real son is to be known. You can believe that the sick things you have made uh, are your real creation. You can believe that the sick things that you have made are your real creations because you believe that the sick images you perceive are the sons of God. Only if you accept the fatherhood of God will you have anything because his fatherhood gave you everything. That is why to deny him is to deny yourself. Uh, to deny the father is to deny yourself. Um, fatherhood must be acknowledged if the real son is to be known. You know, we, we made our own sick images of ourselves, but uh, if we acknowledge the real fatherhood of the father, we, uh, we 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 actually remain at peace and remain whole. When we deny the Father, that last sentence, we deny ourselves because we are one with Him. We are a mind within the mind of God. Thank you. Oh, thank you, David. Well stated. I was thinking that, you know, I probably, even in my worst moments, I would have never denied that my dad was my dad, you know, I wouldn't say that to anybody. But I mean, I mean, basically, that's what Jesus is saying, we're doing this. And then I was thinking about how people get really freaked out when they find out their dad wasn't their dad, it was the mailman or the milkman or, you know, it was somebody else, like, that's, that's really disturbing <laughs> when you find out that who you thought was your father wasn't. Not that it matters at all, because usually, you know, you were raised by somebody else that you treated like your father. But anyways, this is it, it just seems out of whatever. The way I wouldn't deny my my own dad was my dad in form I, that I turn around and I do that with my father in heaven. Yeah, yes, that, that's how I connected with that as well, is when they found out, but the surprise that we learned too initially when we discovered we are not what we thought we were. Aha, uh -huh. Bruce Rawls, 
yeah, along those lines, um, uh, a year or two ago when I attended a virtual high school reunion, I had an extended conversation with a, a, a friend that lived around the corner from me growing up. And um, he discovered that he was a test tube baby. And, <laughs> and not only that, but he had about 60 siblings that he didn't know about. And he, he's been in contact with more, more than half of them. <laughs> and I was thinking, just now, I was like, we're all test tube babies. We're, we're all experiments of the ego gone awry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he was a little bit like, "Whoa, that's interesting." And so he and his he and his brother, uh, who's no longer around, but uh, I mean, it's like, "Wow, gee, I, I had no idea," you know. And so here, here he thought he had this German ancestry. It's like, no, nah, it's none of that. So, but it's just kind of interesting that you know we're, we're all mis like the earlier paragraph. You know, we we haven't sinned, but we've been much mistaken about everything, including sometimes physical things specifically yeah. thanks exactly thank you so we have one more um chris jansen uh oh sorry go ahead uh, a, chris. Real, a real quick story to underline that that point because my mom found out uh, later in her life that what who she thought was her dad was not her dad and it absolutely she that stayed in her mind till she died she tried everything she could uh, to find out who it was. And I would try to, you know, can't you, she couldn't just forget it, you know, literally couldn't do it. One of her relatives uh, said uh, to her, it, it just doesn't matter. We all love you. Admitting to her that that guy she thought was her um, biological father wasn't. But he did have a father that raised her, but just wasn't her biological one. But the, the point being is just like, yeah, I guess when it really happens to you, it's different, or depending on who you are. But the one Bruce with 30, 60 siblings, 60 siblings, oh, and then the idea that you got to go meet them all. <laughs> oh, God. Let's, let's go with a little symbolism here or something, but that's going to that's gonna be a life project. Or some family reunion, I'd say. Mm -hmm. I think that was the premise of the Umbrella Academy, is that they all came from the same dad, I think. If you watch that series, you kind of take off on that. Sci-fi, but yeah. <laughs> the experimentation sure is in line with the season, though. <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. Okay, I'll 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 read this last paragraph. Um and uh then we're getting up to time, so then I'm gonna move into a closing unless we have anything more to say. But this is the last paragraph. Arrogance is the denial of love because love shares and arrogance withholds. As long as both appear to you to be desirable, the concept of choice, which is not of God, will remain with you. While this is not true in eternity, it is true in time, so that while time lasts in your mind, there will be choices. Time itself is your choice. If you would remember eternity, you must look only on the eternal. If you allow yourself to become preoccupied with the temporal, you are living in time. As always, your choice is determined by what you value, 
time and eternity cannot both be real because they contradict each other. If you will accept only what is timeless as real, you will begin to understand eternity and make it your choice and make it yours. Your choice. And again, it's just a lovely uh, reminder again that we're going to flip-flop back and forth here. And we have this created this time in order to do this. But, um, you know, as soon as we make that choice, which we can make at any time, you know, all of this will just collapse. It's, it's both reassuring, you know, and it's just matter of fact. This is the way it is. Hey. No. Other comments. That was the denial of love. Wraps up chapter 10. The idols of sickness. I'd like to close with today's lesson. I thought it was fitting. So I'll read that. It's, um, we're on 302. Lesson 302 was the one I'm on. Okay. Yeah, I thought it very fitting. Where darkness was, I look upon the light. I think it goes very well with today. Given the choice that we ultimately have already made. And you can close your eyes if you'd like. Just rest into this or sink down in. Father. Our eyes are opening at last. Your holy world waits us as our sight is finally restored and we can see. We thought we suffered, but we had forgot the son whom you created. Now we see that darkness is our own imagining and light is there for us to look upon. Christ's vision changes darkness into light. For fear must disappear when love has come. Let me forgive your holy world today that I may look upon its holiness and understand it but reflects my own. Our love awaits us as we go to him and walks beside us showing us the way. He fails nothing. He is the end we seek and he the means by which we go to him. Just take a few moments. And you can come on back. And I thank you again. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Sharing this time together and reminders. Thank you. You did it. The whole section. You did all 14. Right. Wow.
Everybody. Ah, good time, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Christina. You're a fine representation from Milwaukee. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween.